0: glory hallelujah hallelujah praise god you know uh like pastor said we need millions of dollars to reach this county there's not going to be we have to be on tv to reach the county we have to be on radio to reach the county and there's some other things we have to do besides all i mean you know there's going to be different ways to reach different people and we're not just talking about reaching them for christ but also reaching them with the the word, the uncompromised word. You know, there's a difference. There's the uncompromised word and then there's other preaching and teaching. Hallelujah. And so we want to reach even the ones that are saved with the uncompromised word. Amen. And so there's going to, and you know, you can get to thinking about that and you can just kind of feel overwhelmed. <laughs> and I know it was a couple of weeks ago. It was uh, maybe a little longer than that. It was shortly after the new year. We were going, I think, to Sam's one night. And I just told Pastor, I said, because in prayer, you know, you run up against the spirit of religion. And that's what you run up against in uh, the south and in Tuscaloosa County. I know you do, but all over the south. The Bible Belt. It's not called the Bible Belt for no reason. (laughs) Hallelujah. You know, you run up against other things in other places, but that's what you run up against here. And uh, so, um, and I was just thinking... You know, how will we get past that? And uh, I just thought, and I told pastor, I said, you know, this is not going, we're not going to get past this with some new program, new some good program like Angel Food even, or you're just not going to get past those kind of things with a program. I said, this is going to take some supernatural help here. And, uh, and you know, I was telling, I don't know, and so we were just agreeing on that. And so, like, the next day I was reading uh, my email, and, um. Uh, And I had this uh, email from Lynn Hammond and her prayer team. I get their daily email and um, and she commented on that very thing, and I thought, well, you know, God has us ask questions so he can answer them. <laughs> Hallelujah. And so um, she said in her newsletter, some, I didn't bring it tonight, but she said something to the effect of, uh, how will we ever get past the, the, the spirit, she said, the spirit of false religion that's in the world. She was talking about even things like a Hindu and you know Islam and stuff like that how will we ever get past that spirit of false religion and she said she said well God knows how to get past it and the way we get past it is we pray out the mysteries and so that just greatly encouraged me because I thought well I can do that I already know about praying out the mysteries so I can do that Hallelujah. So that's what's going to take. We're going to pray out the mysteries. Amen. Amen. So, you know, we're working on that. We're praying out the mysteries every day, praying in the Holy Ghost, knowing that there's things. And, and God, then God supernaturally does what we couldn't do in the natural. Amen. Well, then God gave me this encouragement last week to further encourage me in this. In, uh, and, and I want to encourage you with this. And, uh, you know, I was thinking so much to do in such a short time. You know, we could have three to seven years probably before Jesus comes back. I know there's lots of people that don't believe that. But a lot of people don't believe it because they don't want to believe it because they don't want to change their lifestyle. And they want to they keep living like they're living. And they, and, and they, they even, you know, uh, they have a, uh, you know, I remember as a young woman with children thinking, but I want my kids to grow up. I really don't want Jesus to come back. I want my kids to grow up. But I tell you, uh, I was short-sighted. And by revelation, we can know some things that I didn't know. And you know, it doesn't take but one bout with some terminal illness your little child has for you to say, this is a trashy world. This is a God... (laughs) This world is... There's not anything good about this world system and this you know it doesn't take much but i don't think as people of god we ought to have to run into tragedy into destruction to to get a revelation that jesus coming back is good amen now you know lawrence and kathleen and all of us that are we're we're the over 50 crowd you know <laughs> you know the over you know the <laughs> We made it, hallelujah. The over 50 crowd, the old, the more you get over 50, the more you realize Jesus coming back is a real good thing. I mean, hallelujah. You don't even, you know, you can kind of not have to have that by revelation. I tell you, the closer you get to 80, you're thinking, yeah, it's a good thing. Let's let Jesus come back because you figure you only got about 20 left anyway, How, you know, if you lived to 100. Y'all are looking at me funny, but uh, anyway, so um, we don't have to get this thing. We ought to be by revelation, knowing Jesus coming back is a good thing. We ought to have this by revelation, by you know, by our heart, and um, it, it, you know, something. If we like, if we like this world, there's something wrong with us spiritually. I mean, if we can look out there, and I know that there's good things in life and we lead, we have heaven on earth, don't we? But we have to do it all by faith. And we, I mean, we are constantly having to overcome. We are constantly having to, to, uh, to, to resist the devil. We are constantly having to put the flesh down. We are constantly, I mean, we are fighting a war in order to stay in heaven on earth in this place and we can do it and we've done it for a lot of years but um there but that but there none of that none of that is there all the benefits of earth all the benefits of earth and none of the problems how did you like that all the benefits. See, see, we think we're going to give up. Well, we're going to go up there and sit on a little cloud and be a little fat angel and, and, uh, you know, strum on a harp all day. That does sound boring. I mean, I just didn't like the thought of heaven when I used to think that's what heaven was like. But heaven is, is all the benefits of earth, all the good things of earth, plus the glory of God and, and it's all of those things. I mean, it is it is graduation. It is hallelujah. I know I heard a story recently, and I hadn't got to Psalm eighteen yet, but I won't forget. But I heard a story recently about a man who uh, died, and he went to heaven, and he when he got up there, he was like he saw Jesus, and he really was kind of disoriented, and he said, uh, "Did I die?" He asked Jesus, "Did I die?" And Jesus said, uh, "We don't we don't use that term up here." He said, we, we don't recognize death. He said, we just transfer. We just transfer. So, you know, you just transfer. You get graduated. You get to go to the higher and the better. Amen, when you go to heaven. So... um I don't know how I got off on that. but Psalm Well, I do know how I got off on that. I shouldn't say that because I really do. I got about three trails running in my heart for the last two days, and that's one of them. <laughs> anyway, but this is one of them too. Psalm 18, verse 28, because God encouraged me this. Okay, how are we going to get this job done quickly because Jesus is coming back and there's so much to do. And uh, and plus all that God's promised this year. I mean, what the prophets are saying this year is not going to happen by the natural. It's got to happen by the supernatural that pastor's been preaching on this morning. In verse 28, it says, um, For thou wilt light my candle, the Lord my God will enlighten my darkness. In verse 29, For by thee I have run through a troop, and by my God... Have I leaped over a wall? Well, this is leap year. This is leap year. Amen. And it's just kind of an unheard of leap year too. Five Sundays in February, that is unheard of. I don't think it's ever happened since we've been in the ministry. Pastors are very interested in five Sunday months. Five Sunday months are glory months. You love months that have five Sundays. Hallelujah. It just balances the budget a lot of ways. (laughs) Hallelujah. And, you know, a lot of months have five Wednesdays. Some have five Sundays. And you like both of those, but you love five Sundays even better. And February is just one of those short months. It's like, uh, boy, that one goes by so fast, you know. And so five Sunday, February, this is leap year. And what the Lord ministered to me this week is, uh, you know how we're going to get the job done? We're going to leap over the obstacles. We're leaping over the walls in our lives. Hallelujah. He's going to light our candle. Revelations coming. Uh, Anointings coming in a way that it's never been before. And we're going to leap over the obstacles. I tell you, I got excited. And I started saying as I prayed, religion is no problem. We just leap over it. Uh Hallelujah. (laughs) Hallelujah. (laughs) Debt's no problem. You can just leap over it. Hallelujah. Glory to God. It is not any problem to God. Amen. Amen. He owns the cattle on a thousand hills, doesn't he? Praise God. Y'all aren't as excited about that as I am. Y'all need to meditate on that. I can leap over a wall. Amen. Glory to God. He lights our candle. You need to get lit up in the Spirit. You need to get lit up. Hallelujah. You need to get lit up. And you'll 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 jump over the obstacles in life. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Well, now I've said that. Now what else am I supposed to say tonight? This is one way to go. This is another way to go. And this is another way to go. <laughs> Amen. That's three ways to go. And that was another way to go. So we went that way for a little ways. Amen. Thank you. Let's pray. Father, we come before you tonight, and we need to know what you have lord you have things for us tonight and you have things that will prepare us for the tomorrow and for the next day and the next day and the next day father we give you praise and glory for your plan for our lives and for this church we thank you father God that the anointing of God by the anointing not by might nor by power but by your spirit we will leap over every obstacle and we will accomplish the will of God in Tuscaloosa County. The work that's called, we're called to do here will be completed in the name of Jesus. Before Jesus comes back, we will have run our race, finished our course. Oh, we give you praise and thanks for it. Lord, multiply our time to us. Multiply our days to us. Father, help us to have our hearts to see what you see and to know what you know. And Father, I pray and ask that we would not resist the plans and purposes of God. We would not resist, uh, the future because it's coming whether we resist it or not. And so, Father, we submit to you. We re- we humble ourselves under the mighty hand of God. And we God, we don't want to get to heaven and not have finished, not have done what you called us to do. And, Lord, help each person in here to see their part. Help each person in here to see their course, their plan. And we give you praise for that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So we all have a part, don't we? And we all have a we all have a, a a a a course to run before Jesus comes back and I know that we i just know in my heart we must start on it we can't delay the start of of this and um we can't be in denial about Jesus coming back and you know we can't um, there's so much, and I wish that I knew more. About end time, so I could tell you all the specifics and and uh because we're not basing Jesus coming back on a feeling we have in our heart, but it's based on research it's based on uh uh it's based on the the promises of the Word of God and the the time frames that are clearly laid out in the Word of God. And Jesus is more and more uh opening the eyes of our understanding, you know, as time goes on, we have more and more revelation. Revelation is progressive. And so all of us have more and more revelation. God's shedding his light on on the truth that is in the Word of God. How many of you anybody been watching uh Hilton Sutton with Brother Copeland this week? Amen. And he is a wonderful end time Bible teacher and and he's just been boy, he's been shedding the light, hadn't he? Uh, on the antichrist, and and of course we don't have to worry much about him. But that's the point: is he's been teaching people you don't even have to worry about him, you don't have to think about him. But showing us in scripture and and showing us that Jesus is coming back, and so uh, so that stirs in us, and we're stirred about that. Um, hallelujah, hallelujah, mm, hallelujah. I'm like. Uh, and, <sighs> Mark Brazee used to say, I'm circling the airport to see which runways open. <laughs> Hallelujah. That's what I'm doing right now. I'm circling the airport. Just seeing what runways going to come open. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. Glory. Um, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Hm. Praise God. <clears throat> Pastor. You got this. You got it, Kevin. You, somebody else got this. Hallelujah. I don't know. I'm, not, I'm, I'm trying not to resist the Holy Spirit. Um, Talking about heaven again. Uh, one of the reasons we resist Jesus coming back and we get in denial about it and we try to live our lives and pretend it's not going to happen because if we all knew how soon it would be, it would change all of us tonight we would absolutely get up in the morning with a whole different way of thinking and so i hope that that's what we do um and certainly the world would wake up christian the christians of this world would wake up and they're going to in this year you watch you watch they're going to um but one reason we resist is cause we don't understand what heaven's like and we like just even fear, fear of the unknown, and we don't, we don't see it like God sees it. We don't know about it. So uh, I, I thought that, and I just had this in my heart all week, that I might do this, and so we'll just see how this flows. But many years ago, I bought a book off of Jamie Vicky Jameson's table called Intramuros, which was a really strange title, called My Dream of Heaven, and it's by Rebecca Ruder Springer, and it's a very old book. Uh I say very old, but I would say like uh it doesn't even say in the front of the book, but um sometime like maybe nineteen forty or something like that, I say very old that's not very old, but it's not recent anyway, and so um in this book, she tells about um she doesn't know if she died or if she um, if she was just sick and and she knew she was very, very sick, very, very ill, and so God took her to heaven. And I could tell you to read the book, but I know you wouldn't, a lot of you. A whole bunch of you would never read it. And so you'd miss it. So I thought about, I could just, as I've been seeking God this week and praying, I just saw, you know, like when I was in school in the afternoon, the teacher would get out a book and read to us students. We would just, we would, and I just saw us in church reading a book. And we're not going to read the whole thing, so I just marked some passages that would, just maybe shed some light on heaven for some of y'all. And so I believe we'll follow that course tonight, at least for a little while, and see where God takes it. And I'm not going to start at the beginning of the book and so, uh, but we'll we'll just show some things that, and you'll you might see heaven in a different light. She says <coughs> we walk on for some distance in silence, my heart wrestling with the thoughts of the new strange life, my eyes drinking in fresh beauty at every step. The houses, as we approached and passed them, seemed wondrously beautiful to me. They were built of the finest marbles, encircled by broad verandas, the roofs or domes supported by massive or delicate pillars or columns, and winding steps led down to the pearl and golden walks. The style of the architecture was unlike anything I had ever seen, and the flowers and vines that grew luxuriously everywhere surpassed in beauty even those of my brightest dreams. Happy faces looked out from these columned walls, and happy voices rang "'upon the clear air from many a celestial home. "'Frank, where are we going?' at length, I asked. "'Home, little sister,' he answered tenderly. "'Home, have we a home, my brother? "'Is it anything like these?' "'I asked with a wild desire in my heart "'to cry out for joy. "'Come and see,' was his only answer, "'as he turned into a side path "'leading toward an exquisitely beautiful house with, "'whose columns of very light gray marble "'shone through the green of the overhanging trees "'with most inviting beauty.' Before I could join him, I heard a well-remembered voice saying close beside me, I just had to be the first to bid you welcome. And looking around, I saw the dearly beloved face of my old-time friend, Mrs. Wickham. Oh, oh, I cried as we met in a warm embrace. You will forgive me, Colonel Sprague, she said a moment later, giving her hand cordially to my brother. It seems unpardonable to interrupt you thus in almost the first hour, but I heard that she was coming and I could not wait. But now that I have looked upon her face and heard her dear voice, "'I will be patient till I can have her for a long, long talk. "'You must come in and see her now,' said my brother cordially. "'Do, do, do come,' I urge. "'No, dear friends, not now. "'You know, dear little Blossom, the old pet name for me years ago, "'we have all eternity before us. "'But you will bring her to me soon, Colonel Sprague,' she said. "'Just as soon as I may, dear madam,' he replied with an expressive look into her eyes. "'Yes, I understand,' she said softly with a sympathetic glance at me. "'Then with a warm hand clasp and the parting injunction,' come very soon she passed swiftly out of my sight blessed woman i said what a joy to meet her again her home is not far away you can often see her she is indeed a lovely woman now come little sister i long to give you welcome to our home saying which he took my hand and led me up the low steps on the broad veranda with its beautiful inlaid floor of rare and costly marbles and its massive columns of gray between which vines covered with rich glossy leaves of green were intermingled with flowers of exquisite color and delicate Hanging in heavy festoons. We paused a moment here that I might see the charming view presented on every side. It is heavenly, I said. It is heavenly, he answered. It could not be otherwise. I smiled my acknowledgement of this truth. My heart was too full for words. The entire house, both below and above, is surrounded by these broad verandas, but come, come within. He led me through a doorway between the marble columns into a large reception hall, whose inlaid floor, mullioned window, and broad, low stairway at the far end at once held my fancy. Before I could speak, my brother turned to me and, taking both my hands, said, Welcome, a thousand welcomes, dear sister, to your heavenly home. Is this beautiful place indeed to be my home, I asked, as well as my emotion would allow? Yes, dear, he replied. I built it for you and my brother, and I assure you it has been a labor of love. It is your home, and I am to stay with you, I said, a little confused. No, it is your home, and I am to stay with you till my brother comes. Always, dear brother, always, I cried, clinging to his arm. He smiled and said, We will enjoy the present. We never will be far apart again. But come, I am eager to show you all. Turning to the left, he led me still through the beautiful marble columns that everywhere seemed substituted for doorways, into a large oblong room, upon whose threshold I stopped in wondering delight. The entire walls and floor of the room were still of that exquisite light gray marble, polished to the greatest luster. But over walls and floors were strewn exquisite long-stemmed roses of every variety and color from the deepest crimson to the most delicate shades of pink and yellow. Come inside, said my brother. I do not wish to crush these perfect flowers, I answered. Well, then suppose we gather some of them. I stooped to take one from the floor close to my feet when, lo, I found it was embedded in the marble. I tried another with the same astonishing result. Then turning to my brother, I said, what does it mean? You surely do not tell me that more of these... Are, that none of these are natural flowers he nodded his head with a pleased smile then said this room has a history come in and sit with me here upon this window seat where you can see the whole room and let me tell you about it I did as he desired and he continued one day as I was busily working upon the house a company of young people boys and girls came to the door and asked if they might enter and I gladly gave assent. and then one of them said is this house really for Mr. and Mrs. Sprague it is I answered we used to know and love them. They are our friends and the friends of our parents, and we want to know if we may not do something to help you make it beautiful. Indeed you may, I said, touched by the request. What can you do? We were here at the time and looking about. One of them asked, may we beautify this room? Undoubtedly, I said, wondering what they would try to do. At once the girls, all of whom had immense bunches of roses in their hands, began to throw the flowers broadcast over the floor and against the walls. Wherever they struck the walls, they to even my surprise remained as though in some way permanently attached. When the roses had all been scattered the room looked just as it does now. Only the flowers were really fresh gathered roses. Then the boys each produced a small case of delicate tools and in a moment all boys and girls were down upon the marble floor and busy at work. How they did it I do not know. It is one of the celestial arts taught to those highly artistic tastes but they embedded each living flower just where and as it had fallen in the marble and preserved It as you see before you. They came several times before the work was completed, for the flowers do not wither here nor fade, but were always fresh and perfect. And such a merry, happy company of young people I never saw before. They laughed and chatted and sang as they worked, and I could not help wishing more than once that the friends whom they had left mourning for them might look in upon this happy group and see how little cause they had for sorrow. At last, when all was complete, they called me to see their work, and I was not. Chari of my praises, either for the beauty of the work or for their skill in performing it. Then, saying they would be sure to return when either of you came, they went away together to do something of the kind elsewhere, I doubt not. Happy tears had been dropping upon my hands, clasped idly in my lap during much of this narrative, and now I asked half brokenly, for I was greatly touched, Who were these lovely people, Frank? Do you know them? Of course I know them, but they were all strangers to me till they came here that first morning, except Lulu Sprague. Who are they? They're there were and she gives the names precious children I said how little I thought my love for them in the older days would ever bring to me this added happiness here how little we know of the links between the two worlds ah yes said my brother that is just it how little we know if only we could realize while we are yet mortals that day by day we are building for eternity how different our lives in many ways would be Every gentle word, every generous thought, every unselfish deed will become a pillar of eternal beauty in the life to come. We cannot be selfish and unloving in one life and generous and loving in the next. The two lives are too closely blended. One, but a continuation of the other, but come now to the library, rising, we crossed the room that henceforward was to hold for me such tender associations, and entered the library. It was a glorious apartment, the walls lined from ceiling to floor with rare and costly books. A large stained glass window opened from the front upon the front veranda, and two large bow windows not far apart were in the back of the room. a semicircular row of shelves supported by very delicate pillars of gray marble about six feet high extended some 15 feet into the spacious main room and cut into two sections likewise, lengthwise, each with one of the bowed windows in the back, leaving still a large space between the dividing line, where the two sections united again into one. The concave side of the semicircle of shelves was toward the entrance of the room, and close to it, not far removed from the bowed window, stood a beautiful writing desk with everything ready for use, and upon it was a chased golden bowl filled with scarlet carnations of whose spicy odor I had been dim- "'Dimly conscious for some time. "'My brother's desk,' said Frank, "'and his favorite flowers,' I added. "'Yes, that follows. "'Here we never forget the tastes and preferences "'of those we love. "'It is not to be supposed that these details "'were at once noticed by me, "'but they unfolded to me gradually "'as we lingered talking together. "'My first sensation upon entering the room "'was genuine surprise at the sight of the books, "'and my first words were, "'Why have we books in heaven?' Why not? asked my brother. What strange ideas we mortals have of the pleasures and duties of this blessed life. We seem to think that death of the body means an entire change to the soul. But that is not the case. By any means, we bring to this life the same tastes, the same desires, the same knowledge we had before death. If these were not sufficiently pure and good to form a part of this life, then we ourselves may not enter. What would be the use of our oft times long lives given to the pursuit of certain worthy and legitimate knowledge? If at death it all counts as nothing and we begin this life on a wholly different line of thought and study, no, no, would that all could understand, as I said before, that we are building for eternity during our earthly life. The purer the thoughts, the nobler the ambitions, the loftier the aspirations, the higher the rank we take among the hosts of heaven, the more earnestly we follow the studies and duties in our life of probation, the better fitted we shall be to carry them forward on and on to completion and perfection here but the books who writes them are any of them books we knew and loved below "'Undoubtedly, many of them, "'all indeed that in any way "'helped to elevate the human mind "'or immortal soul. "'Then many of the rarest minds "'in the earth life upon entering on this higher life "'gain such elevated and extended views "'of the subjects that have been with them "'lifelong studies "'that pursuing them with zest "'they ride out for the benefit "'of those left gifted "'the higher, stronger views "'they have themselves acquired, "'thus remaining leaders and teachers "'in this rare life "'as they were while yet in the world. "'It is to be expected that the great soul who has so recently joined our ranks, who's changed life and, I don't understand this word, uplifted so many lives while on earth, should lay his pen aside when his clear brain and great heart have read the mystery of the higher knowledge. Not so when he has con. coin his lessons well, he will write them out for the benefit of others less gifted who must follow. Leaders there must always be in this divine life as in the former life. Leaders and teachers in many varied lines of thought. But all this knowledge will come to you simply and naturally as you grow into the new life. And then here's another part. Grandma is coming. Grandma is coming. We are taking flowers to scatter everywhere. We are so glad. How do you know she is coming, children? I have just been to the house. No one is there. But she is coming, said little Lee. We had a message from Grandpa, and he is to bring her. Then I will tell the others, and we will all come to welcome her, I said. With a great joy in my heart, I hastened onward to my father's house. I found them awaiting me, full of joyful expectation. Yes, we also have had word, my father said, and we're only awaiting your return that we might go together. Then I will go for brother Frank, that he also may accompany us, I said. He is here, said a genial voice, and looked up I saw him at the door Colonel Sprague is always present when he is needed said my father cordially so we set forth a goodly company to welcome this dearly loved one to her home. my father, my mother, and my sister Jody, my brother the doctor, and his two fair daughters, my aunt Gray, her son Martin, and his wife and daughter, my brother Frank and I as we approached the house, we heard the sound of joyous voices and looking in we saw my sister standing in the room, her husband's arm about her, and the happy grandchildren thronged around them like birds among the flowers but what was this could this radiant creature with smooth brow and happy eyes be the pale wan woman i had last seen so bowed with suffering and sorrow i looked with eager eyes yes it was my sister but as she was full, but as she was a full 30 years ago with the bloom of health upon her face and the light of youth in her tender eyes i drew back into the shadow of the vines and let the others precede me for my heart was full of a strange triumphant joy this truly was the victory over death so surely promised by our risen Lord. I watched the happy greetings and the way she took each beloved one into her tender arms. When one by one she had greeted and embraced them all, I saw her with a strange yearning at my heart turn and look wistfully around then whisper to my father, is not my little sister here? I could wait no longer, but hastening to her side, cried, dearest I am here, welcome, welcome. She folded me to her heart and held me fast in her warm arms. She showered me with kisses upon my "'Upturned face, while I returned each loving caress "'and laughed and cried for very gladness "'that she had come at last. "'Oh, what a family reunion was that "'inside the walls of heaven.' And how to blit, How its bliss was heightened by the pure sure knowledge, not the hope, that there should be no partings for us henceforth forever. My brother Oliver looked on with proud and happy eyes. The hour for which he had longed and waited had come to him at last. His home life would now be complete forevermore. I told him how I had waited for him that day, and he said, We saw you as you left the house, but were too distant to call you. I had taken her into the river, and she had looked at, looked at and admired the house very greatly before she knew knew it was our home what did she do when she saw her lovely room cried like a child and clung to me and said this more than repays us for the last for the lost home of earth "'If the children had not come, "'I think she would have been at that window still,' "'he said, laughing happily. "'I am glad you had her all to yourself at the first, "'I whispered. "'You deserve that happiness, dear, if any man ever did.' "'She smiled gratefully and looked over at his wife, "'where she stood at the center of a happy group. "'Does she not look very young to you, Oliver?' "'I asked. "'The rears rolled from her like a mask "'as we sat beneath the waters in the river. "'Ah, truly, in those life-giving waters, "'we do all renew our youth, "'but she became at once uncommonly fair and young.' Her coming has brought youth likewise to you, I said, noting his fresh complexion and sparkling eyes, but I hope it will not change your silver hair for that is to you a crown of glory. He looked at me a moment critically then said, I wonder if you realize the change that has likewise come to you in this wonderful climb. I, I said a little startled at the thought, I confess I have not once thought of my personal appearance. I realize what that through the Father's mercy, this life is done for me spiritually. But as for the other, I've never given it an instant's thought. The change is fully as great in your case as in Lou's. though with you the change has been more gradual, he said. I felt a strange thrill of joy that when my dear husband should come to me, he would find me with the freshness and comeliness of our earlier years. It was a sweet thought, and my heart was full of gratitude to the father for this further evidence of his loving care. So we talked together as the hours sped until my father said, Come, children, we must not forget that this dear daughter of mine needs rest this first day in her new home. Let us leave her and her happy husband to their newfound bliss. So with light hearts, we went our way and left them to spend their first hours in heaven together. I'll just read a little more. It has been long. It has been long my wish to visit the city. I only waited until you thought it was wise. It wise for me to go. I answered, "You're growing so fast in the knowledge of heavenly ways." He said that I think I might venture to take you almost anywhere with me now. You acquire the knowledge for the very love of it, but not because you feel it your duty to know what we would have you learn. Your eagerness to gather to yourself all truth, and at the same time your patient submission in waiting, oft times when and I know the trial is great, have won for you much praise and love from our dear Master, who watches eagerly the progress of us all in the divine life. I think it only right that you should know of this. We need encouragement here as well as in the earth life, though in a different way. I tell you this by divine permission. I think it will not be long before he trusts you with a mission. But this I say of myself, not by his command. It would be impossible for me to convey in the language of earth the impression these words of commendation left upon me. They were so unexpected, so unforeseen. I had gone on, as my brother said, eagerly gathering the knowledge imparted to me with a genuine love for the study of all things pertaining to the blessed life, without a thought that I in any way deserved commendation for so doing. And now I'd won the uh, praise of the Master himself. The happiness seemed almost more than I had strength to bear." My brother, my dear brother, was all I could say in my deep joy. I... I I would that I might record in detail the precious words of wisdom that fell from his lips. I would that I might recount minutely the events of that wonderful life as it was unfolded to me day by day but I can only say I may not. When I undertook to make a record of that never to be forgotten time I did not realize how many serious difficulties I would have to encounter how often I would have to pause and consider if I might really reveal this truth or paint that scene as it appeared to me. The very heart has often been left out of some wonderful scene i was attempting to describe because i found i dared not reveal its sacred secret i realized painfully that the narrative as i am forced to give it falls infinitely short of what i hoped to make it when i began but bear with me it is no fancy sketch i am drawing but the veritable life beyond as it appeared to me when the exalted spirit rose triumphant over the impoverished flesh made slavishly subservient through suffering my brother and I walked slowly back to the margin of the lake where we stepped into a boat lying near the shore and, I, and were at once transported to the farther shore of the lake and landed upon a marble terrace, the entrance to the city by the lake. I never knew by what power these boats were Propelled. There were no oarsmen, no engine, no sails upon the one in which we crossed the water, but it moved steadily onward till we were safely landed at our destination. Luxuriously cushioned seats were all around it, and upon one of them lay a musical instrument, something like a violin, although it had no bow, but seemed to be played by the fingers alone. Upon another seat lay a book. I picked it up and Opened it. It seemed to be a continuation of that book that has stirred and thrilled millions of hearts in the mortal life, the greatest thing in the world. As I glanced through it while we journeyed, I grasped the truth that this great mind already had grappled with the mighty things of eternity and given food to immortals even as he had to those in mortal life in the years gone by. I was roused from my thoughts by the boat touching the marble terrace and found my brother already standing waiting to assist me to the shore, passing up a slight... Incline, we found ourselves in a broad street that led into the heart of the city. The streets, I found, were all very broad and smooth and paved with marble and precious stones of every kind, though they were thronged with people intent on various duties, not An atom of debris or even dust was visible anywhere. There seemed to be vast business houses of many kinds, though I saw nothing resembling our large mercantile establishments. There were many colleges and schools, many book and music stores and publishing houses, several large manufactories where I learned were spun the fine silken threads of manifold colors which were so extensively used in the weaving of the draperies I have already mentioned. There were art rooms, picture galleries and libraries, and many lecture halls and vast auditoriums but I saw no churches of any kind. At first, this somewhat confused me until I remembered that there are no creeds in heaven, but that all worship together in harmony and love, the children of one and the same loving Father. Ah, I thought, what a pity that the fact, if no other, in the great economy of heaven could not be proclaimed to the inhabitants of earth, how it would, how, how it would do away with the petty contentions. Jealousies and rivalries of the church militant. No creeds in heaven, no controverted points of doctrine, no charges of heresy brought by one professed Christian against another, no building up of one denomination upon the ruin or downfall of different sect. but one great universal brotherhood whose head is Christ and whose cornerstone is love. I thought of the day we had listened in the great auditorium at home to the divine address of our beloved master, of the bowed heads and uplifted voices of that vast multitude as every voice joined in the glorious anthem. Crown him Lord of all, and I could have wept to think of the faces that must some day be bowed in shame when they remembered how often they, have in mortal life, said to a brother Christian, "Stand aside, I am holier than thou." We found no dwelling houses anywhere in the midst of the city, and until we came to the suburbs, here they stood in great magnificence and splendor. But one pleasing fact was that every home had its large dooryard full of trees and flowers and pleasant walks. Indeed, it was everywhere outside of the business center of the town, like one vast park dotted with lovely houses. There was much that charmed, much that surprised me in this great city, of which I may not fully speak, but which I never can forget. We found in one place a very large park with walks and drives and fountains and miniature lakes and shaded seats, but no dwellings or buildings of any kind except an immense circular open temple capable of seating many hundred, and where my brother told me a seraph choir assembled at a certain hour daily and rendered the oracious written oratories written by the great musical composers of earth and heaven. It had just departed, and the crowd who had enjoyed its divine music, yet lingered as though loath to leave a spot so hallowed. We will remember the hour, my brother said, and come again when we can hear them. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. This book is holy. I mean, I know the Bible's holy, and I don't know that every jot and tittle in this book is correct. I know every jot and tittle in this one is but i know it's holy i know the presence of god is on it and i know that heaven is something that we can look forward to and i know that it's not going to be so different than this life that that we will we will not have the the wonderful emotions and the wonderful blessings that we have here of family and and unity and in fact all of the 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 contention and all of the the misunderstandings and the uh, other things that go on even in families um, in this life none of those will be there and uh, makes all those things even now seem petty and silly don't they? that we ought to all gather in unity and focus on the same thing and and go forth with the same mission and I don't know. It just makes me say, you know, heaven's a good place. I don't have to fear. I don't have to. to I don't have to say, well, I, if Jesus came back in three or seven years, I'd only still be in my fifties. I could live, you know, another forty years. I'm like, I'm gonna get. You know, we're gonna live forever. I mean, we know it's never gonna end. This is gonna be a. This is a joyous thing. The rapture of the church. Yeah. Hallelujah. Glory to God thank you lord i think we just will uh stop tonight i know we kind of early because the kids are doing a craft but i i think we'll just sing and we'll pray a little and then we'll just uh, be dismissed here in a little bit but um i don't know if we'll hallelujah i think just let kevin play and as he does i just want to encourage you to pray And turn your heart towards heaven. Turn your heart towards the things of...